Hello and welcome to the First Issue Club. We are your weekly comic book podcast that talks about comic book news and first issues. We're primed and ready. I feel a boiling and a bubbling in my guts, and it's the good kind of bubbles. <laughs> oh, not the like too many chicken wings bubbles. Yeah, that's they need right. some Pepto That's right. Uh, happy butterflies. You feel a, a girdling in your loins. Yeah, they're moving downward. <laughs> A tingling in your toes? To the loin area. To the loins. <laughs> what is included in the loins? I think it's just your crotch. Your your fertile zone. It's plural. It's like, is as is a testicle a loin? And then the unit also I think, a loin? I think that anything <laughs> yeah, gets covered. Sure. It, it, everything that gets covered up by a loincloth is in the loin region. I was, I was going to say, you know, in like textbooks where they have like these are the stinky parts you need to wash uh-huh. when you're like a 13 year old kid yeah. yes. and they have the circle over the crotch yeah that's the loin you know what they they, they kind of dropped the ball on that for 13 year old boys because the circle should be all of you for sure every single inch of you <laughs> <Yeah>. stinks <laughs> i don't know what you're touching or rolling in those years to teach must be rough fucking hell i'd cause... rather be in a prisoner of war camp <laughs> oh my god or a submarine piloted by a PlayStation 2 controller. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> We've got... Oh, I'm Mike D. I'm Greg. And I'm Vargas. And just like Sue Storm, we love a good we read. We love a good read. He's <laughs> such a good guy. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about SDCC news. Yep. And before we get to a handful of comics, we're going to be talking about ribbon queen later in the episode some hellfire gala stuff and oh so much more Mm -hmm. on the patreon this week we're going to be covering we're going to be comparing marvel events versus dc events right yes if i can get my spreadsheet to pull up i'm jazzed about that. there's a spreadsheet for this conversation Mm -hmm. all right an excel spreadsheet lati da thank you all right so yeah we're doing battle of the events um so tune in there for for more info that should be an event though it should be. We should really amp it up. Battle of the events. Event fatigue. <laughs> it's it's our event. This is a, it's, a fir- it's the very first first issue club event. Yeah. The battle of the events. Who will win? You, you. decide. <laughs> you the reader. <laughs> well, I'll throw it to you, Greg. Let's let's hear some SDCC <laughs> news while I got it. Breath. So not only are we going to be covering some SDCC. 2023 news we're also going to catch up on the eisners a little bit nice after the news also sdcc news kind of right yeah it was incorporated they're at the eisners are at the convention am i wrong yes you're correct no you're not wrong sorry you are correct okay good yes uh let's just get it out there for this is the first year that sdcc has kind of actually felt like a comic book convention due to the writers and actors strike Happening in Hollywood. Yeah. There was no, no major TV or movie news announced because everyone associated with those would not cross picket lines. So and was, the people rejoiced. Yeah, and the world <laughs> rejoiced. I honestly wish I would have gone this year. I know. Like, knowing what I know now, that it just wouldn't be so overcrowded with people mm-hmm. who want to update their blog immediately with right. Marvel news or whatever. MarvelCentralCastingNews.com. <laughs> Who's the newest villain in Shang-Chi 2? But, yeah, the video I was seeing of people getting signatures and remarks and stuff 
seemed so much more mellow than SDCC normally looks. Yeah, yeah, it was honestly probably heaven. I mean, the comic book creators had more attention on them. Yeah, uh, you know, fans could get to them easier, get more signatures and stuff. So, hopefully, uh, the writer strike lasts for ten years. And we get reality TV and great comic book conventions once again. Was it Jim Lee who said that SDCC is a comic book convention again? Wasn't that the quote that he had? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which is wild coming from Jim Lee. Because he's also the head of like just DC yeah, he, content. Yeah, because he's Mr. DC. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's get on with the SDCC news. Marvel announces the new Punisher. We touched on this last week. They uh, put out a little picture on their social media of a Punisher with a question mark over his face, and they're like, who's the new guy? The people we were speculating... Not even close. ...were much co- cooler well, than the person yeah. who ended up getting picked. You know, the <laughs> the gall of Marvel to be like, who's the new Punisher? And then be like, it's a guy from S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, like, nobody you know, idiot. <laughs> yeah, totally. So it's a new series by David Pepos and Dave Watcher, and the new character like we've talked about, is a, I don't know if a former member of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it is a, a, a person named Joe Garrison who has lost his family kind of in the same way as uh, the original Punisher. Yeah. So, I mean, no real tracks being tread, uh, but we got David Pepos on the team. Totally. Which, which gives me a little bit of hope that this is going to be something, uh, you know, not in the same vein as uh, the old Punisher and it's going to be treading some new ground. Uh, the guns that he has, Mr. Joe Garrison, Punisher 2.0, is like they're like laser beam looking guns. Fuck yeah! So, um, that was the big hubbub. Is anyone have a hot take on that? Laser beams are cooler than regular guns. That is true. Is that a hot take? I don't <laughs> no, know. If that's a hot take. The lasers but... are hot, but that's not really. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I yeah, I think that was the the move was more fantasy, fun guns than real life looking guns. Uh, I love you call them fun guns. <laughs> fun guns. Oh, he's just he's just nerfing people. Yeah, with real nerf guns. It's nerf or nothing. <laughs> the okay, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if there's going to be a lot more of like you didn't expect this person to be this character over the next like few months. Maybe we have more surprises in store because of the Venom news of. Black oh Black Widow Black has Widow the symbiote yeah has the symbiote and I've read that she's that that's gonna stick for a while mm, okay I don't know what a while is but they said that it's not just like a one or two issue stunt thing I'd be totally down for a Black Widow spy series that featured her with a symbiote that would be dope as hell. Maybe she investigates the Life Foundation. Maybe Marvel calls me and I can write this book. <laughs> well, I think it's cool that she's like a the Black Widow, right? Mm-hmm. But she's never thrown in alongside the other like spider characters. True. And this mm-hmm. is a good way to like kind of remind everybody like, hey, she's a fun spider themed character. <laughs> like, let's get her in more Spider Man adjacent stuff. Yeah. So hopefully they they get her in more of these series and maybe she keeps uh somewhat of a symbiote costume and it's a little like the black costume was on peter parker the first time around where she doesn't change who she is that much 
but she's just like, oh, I don't have to suit up anymore, and I'm stronger now. Yeah. We have she has literal superpowers where she had none before. Correct. So yeah. I don't know. I think it's fun. I like the idea. She kind of reminds me of, um, like a she spawn looking character. She's yeah. got like the red high ponytail coming up out of the yeah the costume, which was a really clever. Like her signature thing is like the shock of red hair, mm-hmm. and it's cool that they found a way to like work that into the symbiote. Yeah. Without it looking corny. Yeah, the costume looks really good. Yeah. Uh, it was featured on this week's Venom 22 as a variant. Oh, very so cool. Pick that up if you like the costume design. Not to bite your style, Greg, but didn't Marvel announce a White Widow series? Yes. At SDCC? Is that going to be Yelena Belova? It's going to have to be. I think so, yeah. Some uh, just another Black Widow, I'm assuming, yeah. taking, taking over? or I don't know if that's... that's the Is this the second... White Widow volume? Well, so White Widow was another Venom-esque character on a different comic book company, which is the reason I brought it up, Mm -hmm. right? Oh. White Widow was a non-Marvel character. That's right. So now they're like claiming the name. There was a cover for this Mm -hmm. that people were going bonkers Correct. for that yeah. like weird indie cover they do Correct. like yeah. sexy covers a lot of butt, lot of yes. butt action oh, yeah, yeah, i think yeah. Yeah. yeah okay i completely know what you're talking about yeah. now and so now marvel's doing their own version of white widow okay and they're using that name white widow i did not put that together at yeah. all yeah i mean <laughs> the characters are completely different yeah. sure like, oh yeah like just to be clear but why could i i don't like that Black Widow was getting the Venom. I think Black Widow should have became Punisher, and then like Venom should have done something else. Like I feel like Marvels is kind of yeah. I think it'd be cool if they had a team up book. If a lot of like the Punisher change and the Venom change, um, but ends up becoming a team that's like, hey, all these alternates. Maybe they call it the alternates. Oh, sure. There you go, there you go Marvel. There's a free one. The replacements. They bring Keanu Reeves in. Uh-huh. They play football. They play football. Uh, yeah, something like that might be fun, where you've got this kind of like anti-Avengers, anti-hero yeah. uh, team of like... Like legacy characters. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I have a question. I have an answer. What happens if the Venom symbiote attaches to one of multiple man's multiple... Men. That is a fantastic question. Mike? <laughs> Would it? I mean, it can only affect that one host, but can't Maddox, like, control all the multiple men at with his mind at one time? Or yeah, they, so or... when he multiplies, he multiplies the things that he's, uh, like, the, the stuff that he's wearing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I would assume the symbiote would be included in that? Well, I don't know. If multiple man, he's never he's never copied another person. You know that's, what I mean? That's he, what I'm thinking. He hasn't yeah. copied another living thing. So multiple man can't like grab Andy and then make two Andys. So he probably couldn't make two Venoms. Thank God. But what I'm saying is like if, if the symbiote affects just one of the copies, uh-huh. would it then have some kind of weird attachment to any of the... Oh, like if they had a successful merge, could he could he right. merge to all the all the different? Because yes. essentially, multiple man is his own host making his own symbiotes. Sure, I'll buy that. And so, would that be like a weird hive mind thing where it's just like they're already the, a hive mind, the perfect amalgamation of like mm-hmm. 
the two things that maybe need to go together? We times two. Here's the real question. Mm. <laughs> if I'm if I'm multiple man and I make a multiple and Venom attaches to that multiple, yes. Can I like talk to Venom? Yeah, you can. Because I this I, is what Greg's saying. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think yeah, multiple yeah. man okay. can talk to his copies like we're talking to each other right now. But like psychically. Yeah, I think he can. Bananas. Marvel, there's another free one. You're welcome. <laughs> we gotta get in one of these letters columns. Have you guys ever been in a letters column? Have you ever written in and got published? No. No. And I mark all of them okay to print. <laughs> <laughs> I would. I need to do. I need to just write. I never have anything that I'm like. This thought needs to be read by the person writing the comic. That's... You you are on a comic book podcast. How have you never done that? Yeah, we are a letter section. <laughs> we don't need to be printed. Marvel, okay to print all okay. of it. <laughs> okay to print podcast. <laughs> Half my takes are just for the sake of conversation. Mm. I don't come at creators though. True, but like I don't think any of the letter sections are attacks. No, but I'm not that – I don't think I'm that sort of person even to like – let's say I see – I've seen Jason Aaron like walking around like at a shop or at a restaurant or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't walk up to him and be – and I'm like, hey, I love comic books. You know I what would. I mean? I'm just not that sort of person. I would. I don't approach people that I'm like a fan of. Mm, that's why he doesn't approach me. I leave. Yeah, that's why we haven't talked in years, unless we're on the show. <laughs> I take that as a compliment, Mike. Yeah, he res- <laughs> he respects me. Does Mike D respect Batman? But it would be fun to have something published in a comic book that I said. Yeah, yeah, totally. Wrote. I have one. I have a I have a blurb on the cover of um, By the Horns, Volume One. Oh, that's oh, that's so cool. Yeah, fucking rips the uh, trade. Uh huh. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I think it's the the. The quote is, this book fucking rules. <laughs> oh. And it says Greg Lichtai for oh, Tissue Club. So super profound and unique take. <laughs> you know what? Some of the best knowledge comes in the shortest package. Yeah. So, so I told my wife. <laughs> nice. The Dan Slott Spider-Man series is coming to an end to be replaced by a Dan Slott Superior <laughs> Spider-Man series. Hell yeah. With him and Mark Bagley. So the team, the team's back together, folks. I'm ready. Uh, no real news there, except they will be exploring more of the relationship between Peter Parker and Doc Ock. I really enjoyed all the previous Superior Spider-Man stuff. It was incredible. Yep. Um, I don't know how they're going to get back to the Doc Ock relationship. Are they just using that title? Superior, superior Spider-Man. Yeah, I'm like I'm assuming they're not gonna have Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body. No, again. but yeah. I think it's just like their paths they're crossing again, and they just kind of like yeah explore that time when they were closer than ever. Sure. Well, okay. Doc Ock did something to his brain where he no longer recalls. His oh, time comic. is Peter Parker, comic right? Oh, okay. I think anyway. Okay. Because he, there was a period of time wherein he was in his, he was still in the clone of Peter Parker's body, and he had a lot of empathy for Spider-Man now. Yes. So much so that he tried to become a hero. Right. Mm-hmm. And in some sort of act of heroism, he had to like 
give up the clone body for some reason. Okay. And go back into old Doc Ock body. And in doing so, he left his memories behind from the clone body. Totally makes sense. Let me read you the blurb. Spider-Man faces a new villain from from his superior past. As she fries New York with all the power of a living star, Doc Ock makes a life-changing discovery. Okay, so Doc Ock's gonna have those memories come back, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's later in the article they asked Dan Slott to elaborate, and he goes, no. Hell yeah. So we don't Fuck even, him up, Dan Slott. So, <laughs> fuck him up, man. So we don't even know what's gonna happen from there, but one can assume... Uh, Doc Ock hits his head and remembers <laughs> he was Spider-Man for a little bit. He hits his head twice, yeah. so the memories come back. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I'm jazzed for this. I This will be a Spider-Man book that I read. Not that I'm like anti-Spider-Man or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not like a corner of the Marvel Universe that I've decided to spend the money on. Uh, but I'm definitely going to read I think this. we all know where you decided to spend your comic book money on yeah i'll show you on the patreon <laughs> uh they kind of redesigned his pinchers recently and i really like the look of them oh they're like actual they're, they're more like, like octopus yeah right they look like actual octopus yeah, they're more fluid yeah, yeah that's dope uh in, in one of the more surprising reveals and one that is really you know touching in, in my area of collecting dc announces that justice justice league is going to fight godzilla and king kong fuck yes in an epic new crossover Jesus this, this is the epitome of the perfect crossover oh dude are you kidding me i already pre-ordered every cover when all my favorite properties come to roost in the same nest yeah are you guys serious i will read the shit out of this yeah i will absolutely read it. how are you not gonna read this i just don't care it's a fun throwaway thing. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Dan Mora's doing some art on it. Dan Mora. I'll probably buy the first Dan issue. Mora, Mike. Well, you're going to have to because we're going to cover on the show. Yeah. Okay. Let's all read it and give our honest takes Expert about how good opinion. it is. <laughs> uh, I did. You guys did talk me into buying that James Tinian uh, Dracula comic. Yes. So I am going to read that at least. Excellent. You got, you got some heat in the Discord for that. I still think it's dumb. I... I will, I will give you the fact that Don't if you're that, your ground. that if you're buying something simply for the name or property, mm-hmm. that's a little silly. Yeah, like if how people buy books just about Spider Man. <laughs> like who would do that? Who would buy a book just about Spider Man and his amazing friends? Or like who would buy a book just about Batman? <laughs> this makes perfect sense in my book. I don't know why we're arguing about it. <laughs> He did. He did flame us. He got us. Yeah, burnt. Uh, it was also announced that the last Ronin is getting a sequel. Yep. to explore more of that world. I'm shocked. Yeah. Can you see how shocked I am? I guess IDW does like money, <laughs> and they saw how well the first last Ronin did, so they decided to double dip. Uh, Howard the Duck is getting a 50th anniversary special. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip Zdarsky is going to be writing one of the stories. It's like a big anthology okay. Howard the Duck book. Uh, I think it, it how it's described is it is essentially a it's a wonderful life, Howard Duck. Oh my god! So it's like going to explore what the world would be like if Howard the Duck didn't exist. Oh, that's funny. So uh, humor and hilarity abound. Uh, what else is there? Some X Men ninety seven footage was shown. It's the new animated TV show. Dope. Uh, Rob Le- Rob Liefeld forgot to go to his own panel. 
<laughs> People were weirded out about that. Oh, uh, boy. A lot of Barbie cosplay this year. Sure. Uh, not a lot of Oppenheimer cosplay, mm. as I'm seeing. Sure. And then, <laughs> as I'm as I'm looking through, I saw um, Todd McFarlane announced the uh, what, what's the other guy in Twitch? Sam. Sam and Twitch are getting their own mm-hmm. series coming up. Yeah. Um, another one, huh? I guess this another is Spawn pro- book. This is probably updated. Yeah. I mean, uh, Sam and Twitch have had series in the past, yeah. but. Um, are they supposed to be a parody of Bullock and Gordon? Yeah, more or less. They really look like it. Yeah. Yes. I've always kind of thought that, but I wasn't sure if it was like everyone thought that or For sure. Okay. And then finally, Doctor Doom has recruited his own form of a mutant X-Men team, which will be explored in X Fall of X later this year. Okay. That's and if you've exciting. read Hellfire Gala, Shit went down, and we'll get into it later in the episode. Nice. Moving on. The Eisners. The famous Eisner The famous Eisner song sang by Tony Eisner, the lesser-known brother. These are just going to be going... Will, you are always mom's favorite. You were always mom's favorite drawing her favorite pictures. She never liked my jingles. She loved that movie, The Spirit, with Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, who was the spirit in that? I always thought it was Matthew Broderick, but it's no, not. It's, it's like some unknown dude. On some unknown dude. We're going to find out it's like... It was like Henry Cavill. Pierce Brosnan or something. <laughs> Mark Hamill. Uh, let's begin for the best single issue. We got Batman One Bad Day of the Riddler by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Best continuing series. Oh, you're ripping right through them. Yeah. Love it. Well, if you, I imagine if you have something to say, you're going to pipe up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought it was weird that one of the One Bad Day books won best single issue. I mean, they were good. The Riddler one was awesome. The Riddler one was really good. I I mean, I, I guess this is a hot take because the Eisners didn't pick it. But I thought the Clayface one was the best one. I did like the Clayface one. I don't remember who wrote that. Part of me was just thinking it would be something that like had a lot of build up, like an ongoing series, mm-hmm. and then you hit like the last book of an arc, and instead of like a one shot, it would be like the end of a series. The end of like a series the, yeah. or something would be like, oh, this issue was amazing. Well, I'm shocked because a vicious circle was on there by Matson Tomlin, and we covered it. <laughs> Yeah. On the show a while ago, it's from Boom Studios. That book fucking ripped. Yeah, it, was it was beautiful, insane. Um, so I haven't read Batman Bad <laughs> One Bad Day of the Riddler. You should. I, I guess I got to get after it. Yeah, yeah. those are good. Uh, next up, best continuing series, Nightwing by Tom Taylor and Bruno Redardo. This shocked me. It did surprise me too. Yeah, it was I've up been in it was, and out of it. It was up against the Nice House on the Lake. Philadelphia, Department of Truth, and Daredevil by Chip Zdarsky. Not to mention She-Hulk by Rainbow Rowell. Like, this this series, this this category was fucking stacked. Yeah. And, I mean, 2022 was a great year for Nightwing. That yeah. book blew the fuck up. For sure. So I can see why it was in the running, but Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil was, and still is, incredible. I mean... Department of Truth is has been my favorite ongoing series for the last two years. Right. Like basically since it launched. I mean, yeah, James Tenyon has two fucking books on here. Yeah. Yeah. So Buckwild. So congr- congratulations, Tom and Bruno. 
they introduced that uh, tiny Robin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The bat mite, whatever yes, Robin. Bat mite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the in the Nightwing mite. Yeah. Yeah. Night mite. Night mite. <laughs> I did buy that. I got the really cool Dan Hip cover of that. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. I love his covers. He's great. He's so good. He has a bunch of cards on. Marvel Snap. Oh, like really? I didn't realize stuff. that. Every time he drops stuff on his store, I clamor to get it, and it just is impossible. No dice. What does he sell on his store? I mean, stickers, prints, original oh, okay. art. Like, I've tried to get anything, yeah. and he just, like, yeah. it's just snatched He up. used to do, like, these um, scavenger hunts yeah. around, like, Disney, where he would leave original drawings. Oh, that's cool. In places, and I was like, God damn, if I was, I would abandon my family. <laughs> At that right. point, and just be like, hey, I'll be back in like an hour. I got to go find these fucking drawings. Best limited series, The Human Target by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Tom King had a fucking field day this year. Yeah. Uh, the Human Target, which we knew was going to be oh. fantastic. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Tom Taylor's, I mean, Tom King's great, but Greg Smallwood just crushed it with this series. That was the, the maxi, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The I'm art. Gonna- I'm going to buy the collected of that cuz I only have I have a couple random single issues here and there. Uh wait for the absolute edition. Oh, there's an absolute edition. You know there's going to be. They you, need to make I mean know. they've got to make one. Mm-hmm. The the this book was my like team up of the year last year. Mm-hmm. Just Tom King and Greg Smallwood whatever they're doing together, yeah, is just I love Greg Smallwood. Magic. Yeah. His his Moon Knight stuff was Oh, so good! Insane, Un- unreal. Yeah. yeah, the the new Egypt arc yeah. was so great. Moving on to best new series, the winner is Public Domain by Chip Zdarsky. That surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. I I liked the book a lot, but what publisher was that on? Image. Yep, it was on Image. Mm-hmm. It was originally a Substack series. Okay, that right. Image yeah, put out. I remember thinking it was kind of like obscure, mm-hmm. and that's because I probably thought of it just as a Substack thing. But yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. It was yeah. an image. Yeah. It, it was up against the the Atonement Bell, Love Everlasting by Tom King, I Star like, Trek, yeah. and Traveling to Mars by Mark Russell, the book about the man who's terminally ill. Yeah, yeah that gets sent to Mars. That seems which cool. is a fantastic book. I like that first issue. Yeah. Let's see here. Best humor publication. Um, Revenge of the Librarians by Tom Gold. It's from Drawn and Quarterly. It was up against I Hate This Place, Killer Queens. And the Cryptid Club. Hey, friend of the show, Kyle Starks. Kyle Starks. Um, bummer that he didn't get the win this year, but um, I guess congratulations to Tom. Yeah. BBB. I'm trying to fix a lot of the Eisners is just like um, weird stuff, and I'm skipping past the weird stuff. Everybody. I'll uh, I'll pitch something to the to the club. Mm-hmm. How does the Eisners not just like hand Jordy Belair? An Eisner every year. Oh, I know the colorist. Yeah, it should like that. There needs to be like a lifetime achievement award for which I think they have a version of. Yeah, they. I mean, they, yeah, they have their version. Yeah, of like great achievement in the industry. Yeah, yeah, and they give out like a lot of awards every year to just like a pool of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Jordy needs to be one of those people for sure if, if they haven't yeah. already every year. Like, because it, it never fails. Uh, it's Jordy Belair and um, uh, is it Clayton Cowles? 
mm-hmm. the other colorist. These names you just see on like every other yeah, comic. Every you buy. single book that you buy. Mike Spicer. Yeah. You know, there's like four colorists that are like Dance Dave Stewart. Yeah. Just masters of their craft. And those dudes need like way more love. Recognition. <laughs> yeah. Uh let's see here. Best writer went to James Tianyan. Totally. Best writer artist went to Kate Beaton for Ducks, which is um do you remember Kate Beaton wrote uh-huh. Hark Variant? Or yeah. Vagrant. Yeah. Uh Ducks uh, Two Years in the Oil Sands was getting huge reviews in two thousand twenty two as uh, and that's another is it a fanographics book or drawn in quarterly. Drawn in quarterly, yeah. okay. Best penciler inker or pencil penciler inker team went to Greg Smallwood for the human target. Totally. Best painter, multimedia artist, went to uh, Sana Takada. Uh, she yeah, did Monstrous. Monstrous yeah. Yes. Wonderful artist. Best cover artist went to Bruno Redondo. Best coloring, Jordi Belair. Yeah, every year. Just hand right it, there. right? Like. <laughs> Best lettering, which I thought was really cool, Stan Sakai. Yeah, that is cool. Nice. Uh, That's legit. Stan Sakai will eventually get like a lifetime achievement, best in industry award. Yeah. When he finally dies drawing his last Usagi Ujimbo book. Yeah. I don't think you can take a pencil out of that dude's hand. I hope he finishes the story. You know, like wraps it up, like gives a final yeah, I mean, Usagi story. It's it's kind of just like those old samurai movies. Yeah. Like there really is no ending. It's just right. a, a constant journey of um, finding trouble and and, and, and writing it. Uh, best comics-related book went to Charles Schultz, The Art and Life of the Peanuts Creator in 100 Projects by Benjamin L. Clark and Nat Gertler. That's cool. So that's like a, probably a collection of Charles Schultz stuff. If I had to. <laughs> if you had to guess. Uh, yeah, and that's all that really is... Um, would make sense for our audience. My one of my takes on the Eisners. Well, is set it up. The this is my hottest take this year. Uh, Barnstormers won. Okay, yeah, let's get into it for best digital comic. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. that should not be a category anymore. Really? Why? It's a comic book, and it is being but- printed on. Now but they're printing now it. Now they're printing it's it. It's written like a comic book. It's formatted like a comic book. Mm-hmm. They should be measured against other comic books. I feel like the whole digital comic thing, it was, it was probably more in the spirit of like, here's this amazing web cartoonist. Oh, and sure. They, and they do like, a, you know, a page a week on this like ongoing serialized thing that doesn't fit the format of a normal comic book. When you're writing comics and saying, let's release it online before we print it, um, and it follows normal format, that's just a comic book. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're writing it like you would uh, any other comic book. There's no reason for it to be a separate category, in my opinion. I love Tula Lote and Scott Snyder. I think they're amazing creatives, and I think they deserve all the awards anyone can give them. But the category just doesn't make sense anymore the way digital comics are treated now. Yeah, because the the idea of a web comic yeah. is different from the idea of a digital comic. Yeah. Right? Like 
you could have a like a comicsology exclusive. Yep. But to rate Scott Snyder and Jock's Snow Angels mm-hmm. against Mike D's webcomic yeah. is like no contest, right? Right. Who's gonna win every time? Of and, course. And like every Mar- Mike D's webcomic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should. Every Marvel issue comes with a digital comic that is the exact same format as something like Barnstormers. Right. Like, should every Marvel comic be up for nomination of best digital comic? Yeah, or every Marvel Unlimited comic. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think they should. I wonder if the category is it starts out on a digital platform. That is, I think that is the category. And then whether it's produced yeah. you know, physically or not is irrelevant. Yeah. But, but again, that would include... Marvel Unlimited. It would in, it would include Marvel Unlimited. That's true, but it would not include and the, honest, the Marvel code and you get to right, scan in your book. Honestly, yeah. I wouldn't. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it, including a Marvel Marvel Unlimited, one of those like long scrolling comics, right? Sure, because that breaks format. That is its own thing. Oh, so your hang up is the format? Yes. Okay. Like a couple years ago, after Lift One, which was. A graphic novel that was published online first and then published in book form second. Mm-hmm. Sure. I don't think Afterlift should wa- should have won for digital comics. It does not require or isn't implicitly like related to a digital format. Sure. It's something made for paper shown in digital form. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so they so, they should have like best web comic. So your criteria would be the digital comic has to be uniquely digital and can only be read. It has to break format specifically right. for for yeah. digital. Can it can only Maybe, be? Let's say let's say the panels like are are moving or something, and someone does this mm-hmm. like cool animated thing between panels. Yeah, like that's a format specifically for web that you could not do in print. Yeah, mm-hmm. like. I think that qualifies. I think the no, long totally. scrolling things qualify because they cannot be measured against a normal printed comic book. Yeah. But Some, if you can get this comic on your iPad and flick flick the screen like you're flicking and a it's page. It's full 11 by 17 normal comic book artwork, the normal pages mm-hmm. of a comic book or graphic novel. Get out of here. You're going to print that at some point. It was created to be printed. You're just releasing it in on on the internet first, right? Okay, interesting. Should not be a category anymore. If you have thoughts, or let they us should know. change the category, or they should change yeah. the category to be more specific to totally certain formats, because that's not fair yeah. to these people who've got a really specific niche craft in creating something unique for digital. Like I feel like there's all like Benji Nate is a really cool cartoonist who does stuff like Girl Juice. And, like, she does these, like, individual, like, little strips that are published week to week. Sure. Um, KCXD. False Knees is someone who does these, like, really cool bird comic shorts. Yeah. And they're, like, made for Instagram, more or less. Sure. Right? And you could sell them as prints, or maybe you could do, like, a, a collected edition at some point that puts them in a book. But their format is specific to digital yeah i'll second your hot take yeah 
Third. It passes. The hot take passes. It's a first issue club take now. <laughs> Not just a Mike D take. And now it's cold. <laughs> now it's bitter, bitter yeah. cold. And now you're up to date on STCC News and the Eyes News. Voila. You are welcome. Excellent work. Thank Greg. you. Vargas, take us away with the book that you and I read. Me first. Yes. <clears throat> the one we read together. Mm-hmm. Like friends. Yep. You held one page, I held the other. That's right. We read it aloud. Wore the same t-shirt. The faces were touching. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We read Ribbon Queen by Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs. And it was awesome. On AWA. Oh, uh, yeah. AWA. Artists, artists, writers, and artisans. Yes. In case you didn't know. That's what it stands for, folks. I sometimes... I know I'm interrupting your take on this already. Please. I sometimes skip AWA first issues. Um, and I like a lot of the creators. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about this publisher where, wherein I'm like, no one's bringing their top most fiery heat to AWA. That's why I like it, though. Okay. Like, I like the idea... That my goal is to tell a good story here that's like unique, maybe not the thing that like it's not a huge to do. Yeah. Well, like I read the letters section on Cullen Bunn's uh red zone. Uh-huh. Right. And it's not a normal Cullen Bunn book because yeah. it's like a spy story. Yeah. And I like the idea that Cullen Bunn's like, I got this idea for a weird spy story. It doesn't fit in with my other stuff. I'll do it over here. Image and Boom are probably not going to pick it up. Yeah. I'll give it a shot at AWA. Okay. And they'll do it. You know? Yeah. Um, And I feel like a lot of their books are like like, uh, Sins of the Salton Sea. Yep. That's um, somebody is writing it (laughs) for sure. I don't know who it is. But again. I think like that. Um, Garth Ennis does a lot of minis on this publisher, doesn't he? Didn't he do? Did he write that Marjorie Finnegan? Yes, Temporal Criminal. Book? Yes, he did. Yeah, that was that a book weird was yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. But again, that's not like a normal Garth Ennis book. Yeah, right. Sins of it, the Salton Seas by Ed Brisson. Ed Brisson, thank you. Um, yeah, you know that's a, like a crime, supernatural crime yes. thing, kind of outside Ed Brisson's yep. wheelhouse, right? Um, and I feel like a lot of these dudes are like, oh, I had this idea while I was writing Predator and Ghost Rider and Wolverine at Marvel. Yeah. But I don't really have the, this the, isn't a great enough idea. to do it here. Yeah. yeah. And it's not like, it's not an ongoing, so Image might not want it. Yeah. I'll put it out on AWA. Axel Alonzo's <laughs> brainchild. Well, I, I'll agree with you, Mike, that they don't typically bring the fire, but they Uh definitely bring the TNT, which means that any one of these books could be created for the TV show, the TV company TNT, and be a show at any moment. (laughs) Like, Ribbon Queen could be a show tomorrow. For sure. Like, uh, uh, any of those books we just mentioned could be a show on TNT. Have any of these books, again, not that, this isn't my motivation for buying comics, to be clear, but can you think of any AWA book that you're like, oh, this got optioned and is now like kind of a collector's item. No. I can't either. I don't know that it has, but the, the big one was, was it the the Revolution? The J. Michael Straczynski yeah, wrote that Yeah, that one? was like, 
because that's their universe. Okay. They, they have like multiple books inside yeah. that world. Mm-hmm. Like the moths, I think, is inside that universe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Whatever. So I would think if that if, if there was one, it would be that. Yeah. But I don't know for sure. Not not all robots. Is was that the name of the book? Yeah, not all robots. Yeah, I think by that, Mark Russell. Mark Russell. That was an AWA <laughs> book. I uh-huh. think that yeah. was my favorite. That's been my favorite AWA book. Yeah, that one was really of. good. I have not read Ribbon Queen though. Back to the topic at hand. Sorry, little side tangent on the pub. No, you're fine. Um, what's the gist of this book? Okay, so there was a serial killer that was caught mm-hmm. a year ago or two years ago in the book. Yes, and. There is a potential copycat killer or a link between the the victim that got interrupted last and the guy, the the SWAT agent who mm-hmm. who broke up the last murder. Yes. She was found dead. He has there's evidence against him that he has been harassing her mm-hmm. since he saved her. Um, oh, that's an interesting right. concept. So, and, and there's also a twist in here. There's a lot of like BLM stuff. So it's like, yeah, Black Lives Matter was mentioned a few times in this. Yeah, so there's like an underlining under. It's a cop story, but there's an underlying tone of like a cab. You know, like yeah. all cops are bad. <laughs> you can, uh, for me, I can definitely tell when Garth was writing this book. It was, it's definitely a book of a time when, yeah. like, when the Black Lives Matter movement was really like uh, vocal and really out in the streets. There's a lot of protests happening. There's a lot of um, you know anti-cop rhetoric going on. The gist of this book is, you know, girls captured by a serial killer. The guy that saves her basically falls in love with her. Yeah. And thinks he's owed a relationship because he saves her. Yeah, there you go. That's a lot better than I said. She no, you you did a great job. <laughs> uh, she is dead. Yeah, she is killed in the book. You can't see it, folks. I did air quotes. She is dead. Yeah. It, now an investigation begins with the uh, crime unit of who killed her, and it comes out that this guy was being really pushy and aggressive and just like, uh, kind of stalkery about how he's like owed this, uh. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Relationship or whatever before yeah. for helping this woman out. And then at the end of the book, we kind of finally figure out why it's called the Ribbon Queen. Yeah. And it takes a supernatural twist. Yeah. Or like some kind of demonic twist. Yeah. The twist for me should have happened way earlier in the book. <laughs> oh no, man. I the the build up to this for 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 me as a reader was not enjoyable. I, really, I was just like, where are we going with this, Garth? Like, wh- wh- where are you taking me? And the the conversations between the uh, officer and the like lieutenant of the police thing was like, this could have been kind of simple, simple simplified for me. And just I, I wanted a bigger hook. I feel like I. And with Vargas on this, while while I didn't read Ribbon Queen, yeah, um, I skimmed it very quickly, and the page at the end really struck me. Mm-hmm. And I use the um, I I bring up Drive a lot, the movie Drive. Sure. When I I want to articulate this thing that there are, I'm real. I really like media that or art that 
lulls you into a sense of comfort with like what the story is and then when it does it's crazy shit it's like really fucking crazy yeah yeah like i feel like this book like earned that page turn and you because <laughs> i was just like holy fuck yeah like the visual is so striking and and on top of that it's like it's like a double scoop of twist so yes all right so spoiler alert for anybody who wants to read this book i'm gonna spoil it so skip ahead 15 seconds or whatever but well she's on the fucking cover <laughs> sure you find out that the girl is alive, quote unquote, maybe yeah, somehow dead or something possessed, whatever it is, and the guy who is accused of killing her is like ripped to shreds, yeah. pulled apart, ribbons you would say, two ribbons, yeah, his yeah. like skin becomes ribbons, yeah. Which I agree, that's a cool reveal, and that's enough of a tasty hook, yeah, to get me to the next issue. I just. It kind of just like meandered back and forth to so, where I wanted to to finally get to. Let me ask you this: You don't like Law and Order, do you? I uh, let me tell you where I'm at. Yeah. This week, Caitlin's parents are <laughs> hosting her grandmother and aunts, uh-huh. and every time I go over there, fucking Blue Bloods is on the TV, ah, uh-huh. which is a cop show on CBS or whatever, yeah, yeah. and is the most. <laughs> Pro boomer show I've ever seen in my life. Sure, sure. So I was I was tired of cop shit. <laughs> and then, yeah. And then I read this book. And I was like, okay. And then I got the supernatural stuff. I was like, okay. Yeah. So I wanted I wanted less cop stuff, more ribbons. Yeah. And this was very much. Uh, I, this it, was very much cop procedural. A procedural, yeah. Exactly. Until the very end. Exactly. Which I can handle to a, to an extent. Yeah. Um, but the hook on this was pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I really loved it. Um. Garth Ennis, Mike D and I were talking about uh, before we started recording, Garth Ennis and Jason Burroughs have worked together a lot. Um, they did, what was it? What did we find? Crossed yeah. and 303, if anybody read 303. Um, a couple other things. There. Yeah, a couple other uh, r- really indie stuff on Avatar, mostly. Yeah. Avatar mm. Press. Um, but I think these dudes just, like, get each other. Yeah. They... they Jason does the visuals really well. Garth is probably my favorite comic book writer, so this book was right up my alley. Yeah, if you've read Crossed, you know that yeah. this was the maybe the right guy to get for a comic book where people get shredded. Yeah, <laughs> don't, don't read Crossed. Read three hundred three yeah. yeah, instead. Just, just don't. Just skip Crossed altogether. You are welcome. Read three hundred three instead. Did it's they do Punisher Soviet together? Maybe. Was that Jason Burroughs? Yes. Yeah. Nice. And then Scars. Uh-huh. All kinds of stuff. They so, did yeah, they, a they, ton they, of stuff together. They're, they're on the same page with one another yeah. as far as content goes. Yep. And mm-hmm. eight issue mini. Eight issues. Perfect for a mini. Yep. I've always said if it's under six, it's too small. Yeah. It needs to be... like You, you, cut, yourself, you cut yourself off too short when you give yourself five. Yeah. Those four issue minis are... They're tough. God, have you ever read a two-issue mini? Yes. That's like microscopic. <laughs> the smallest. The smallest mini. mini. <laughs> a one, I guess you could have a one-issue mini. No. We call those one-shots. Yeah, it's one or shot. annuals. They have their own special name. Sorry, Vargas. Fine. It's like I've never read a comic before. First time. What'd you read, Mike? I read a book out on Domino Press. It's a $10 comic called Bonding. 
and it is a parody or send up of Spider-Man and Venom's relationship. <laughs> and that sounds like a hoot. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. I I can't recall the writer slash illustrator's name. He's El Hot Cheeto on Instagram. Um, Shout out to El Hot Cheeto. Definitely follow this person. Um, they they released this book a while back, and uh, I bought it immediately, and then it just started shipping out this week. So people are just starting to get it. And there's several fun like mini backup parodies of spider-man stuff in the back but really fun issue the story parallels like it shows the venom suit being really obsessed with peter (laughs) and then peter's really obsessed with mj and they've both venom and peter have both blown their relationships right and so they're kind of having this moment where they like do we need each other I realize once I don't have you anymore, I realize I need you. There's just some really interesting like parallels between the MJ and Peter relationship right. and the Venom and Peter relationship. So uh while it is a goofy send up with a lot of like over the top, like wild cartoony art, it also has some like poignant themes in it, mm-hmm. which is like I love that balance of just like toilet humor and goofball fun art and that moment at the end where you're just like, wow, yeah. <laughs> I think we all learned something here today. Uh, <laughs> so A plus, um, support your uh weird micro pubs. Uh this like comes in like larger magazine size, but and it's all newsprint. Um Yeah, the quality looks pretty primo. I'll say that it it just comes in like a normal mailer envelope. These comics aren't meant to like arrive in mint condition. So if you're looking for a 9.8, yeah, it's like it's meant to be a punk rock zine kind of thing. So just go into it with that expectation if you pick this up. But um, ten bucks on on Domino Press, uh, their website. I think it's worth a worth a buy if you're into supporting weird indie shit. Nice, yeah. I stupidly stepped foot into the Hellfire Gala 2023. (laughs) It's been over a year since I've read an X-Men book. Oh, wow. Okay. But I knew something was going to happen. Shit always goes down at the Hellfire Club. This year is no different, folks. They typically announce the new X-Men team every year. This year, no different. Team, Team was announced. Who's off? Who's on? Can you tell us? Uh, 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 Juggernaut, Jubilee, Dazzler, Cannonball. Wow, what a weird Sink, team. Sink's still on. What about Laura? Talon. Talon, yeah. Th- those are your X-Men. Wow, no Cyclops? Wrong. They are immediately killed. Nimrod shows up to the party and oh, crushes shit. them to death. All right. So... I guess, Mike, you can help me out here. Orcus has been laying the foundation all year to uh-huh. like cut off the Krakoan nation from their uh, goings on. Yeah. So since Charles has been so distracted with his telekinesis bullshit, they, he hasn't noticed that they've been kind of 
working in the background and yeah. figuring out how to manipulate the gates to get in. Yes, they've been leading up to that. And um, let's see what else happens. Um, oh, they sneak Moira X in. Uh huh. Moira kills Jean Grey because they have this new like poison thing to like take mutant powers or like kill mutants immediately, uh-huh. like melts them. And then we find out that I guess Mr. Sinister with like a club on his forehead. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Is it Mr. Sinister? Yeah, there's there's <laughs> several sinisters now. Um well, anyway, it turns out he's been working yep. in the factory where they make the medicine. Uh-huh. They've been putting in a backdoor kill switch in the medicine. Uh-huh. So now every human that has taken the medicine can be killed with like their little handheld device that Modoc controls. Yes, I saw Modoc was part of this. So they quote unquote have bested yeah the mutants on that re- Krakoa. That reveal came ahead of Hellfire Gala stuff. Okay, so this is like just the the brunt this of it is, all. Yeah, this is that the comeuppance of that. And so, why do they keep having the Hellfire Gala? Thank you. If, if oh my this- god. It's like a calling card for every villain to be like, all right, we're going there. We're going to fuck some shit up. I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. They're all in one place. Booyah. I think it is meant to be like a cocky show of power. Mm -hmm. Sure. Like the Oscars. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But when's the last time the Oscars was When's the last time? Yeah. When's the last time Nimrod showed up and killed the cast of the Avengers? The closest thing we got was Will Smith smacking Chris Rock. (laughs) A warning, folks. <laughs> of things to come. Of things to come. <laughs> Slap heard around the world. Um, so Charles Xavier surrenders. Chuck X, yep. He's like, all right. I give. He's like, what do you guys want? And so Orcus and Moira X finally re- reveal that they want all the mutants off of Earth. Yep. So they have like concocted a way to like reverse polarize the gates to send them through to Araco. Okay. Or that's what they tell them. Yeah. We're going to Araco. Get off the planet. If we see you guys again, we're going to start killing humans. So Chuck X uses his mind powers. Every mutant on the earth says, hey. I'm going into a gate. Hey, go through the gates. Ah, ah, ah. Don't get ahead of me. He says, you all go through the gates. So every mutant on earth, essentially, as you see, starts going through gates. I guess Charles has taught some of the mutants how to resist his mental powers. That's also been set up in books leading up to this. Okay. They show... Like the resist thing? They show Storm resisting his powers mm-hmm. in a recent issue. They do it with a couple other characters, right. too. So he he taught them that. Yes. He was like, if I'm ever irresponsible, mm-hmm. you've got a failsafe yes. to keep me out. Um, so there's a few left on Earth that just kind of resist and stay back. Um. Kingpin is there because of Typhoid Mary. Yeah. Um, he's irritated. So he's like killing, <laughs> he's killing like Orcus people, just like crushing them with his big Andre the Giant hands. And <laughs> what a recap this has been so far. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving this. And then <laughs> this is how I'm reading all my comics from now on. Yeah, yeah right. Greg telling me. Uh-huh. We'll just buy you comics. Yeah. And you can... <laughs> a, a comic book that like I have never read uh-huh. any backstory on. Mm-hmm. And so. Moira gets ready to kill Chuck X. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, Chuck's just like, all right, go for it. And Rogue comes out of nowhere, rips Moira X in half. Wow, okay. And 
Apparently she's a robot. Yes, she's half, mostly robot. <laughs> Bada bing. That explains all the circuitry and stuff in, yeah. in her guts, yeah. where, the, where the guts should be. So they're zipping off. They're leaving Krakoa. Um, okay, is there an archipelago that's like called something? An archipelago that's it, called It's not something. like Arako, but it's like it's basically like another mutant island. Anyway... Oh, Emma has a. Um, oh yeah, where they house it, a lot of the goods that yeah. go in and out of Krakoa. Yeah. It's it's an Essex, one of the Essex, Rebecca or something. Or uh, the, the, she has a new name now, Miss something, Miss Rip. Yeah, one yeah. of the one of the sinisters is a woman. Yeah, okay, she's the mother righteous. <clears throat> mother righteous, yes. Yeah, she takes that piece of land and puts it into like a marble uh-huh. and then just disappears so whatever's on there is safe i guess okay that's something that'll probably be explored in the fall of x yeah anyway rogue chuck x leaving krakoa charles freaks out tells rogue to put him down he has a realization that arako doesn't exist anymore like it's it's gone or something so he's basically just said he sent every every mutant on Earth through those gates is now dead, because they didn't go anywhere. They yeah. just kind of like went into like a big space vacuum, space meat grinder vacuum. Yeah. So he is just lost it. Yeah. And like now, presumably, he's the only occupant of Krakoa, just like trying to deal with his shit and figure out yeah. what he's gonna do next. Uh huh. Jean Grey is dead. She has manipulated the minds of Orcus and the weird sinister uh, deck of cards folk into thinking that Firestarter was one of their moles to begin with. Okay. They had this, like, psychic conversation, Firestarter and Jean Grey. Yeah. And Jean Grey's like, here's what I'm going to do. While I'm dying, use last of my powers to make them think... You're in on it. That you're in on it. So yeah. you can be our guy on the inside. Yep. So she dies. Not before... Telling Logan and Scott that she loves them. Yeah. And then she's gone. Full skeleton, still has hair. Explain that to me. <laughs> Gross. Explain that to me. <laughs> and then uh, it, it, this all basically just leads into what Fall of X is going to be. Yeah. Basically, the, the Krakoan nation is in shambles. Everyone's scattered everywhere. Um, it kind of was teased in the solicits that Nightcrawler is now going to be Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah. So I don't know what he's going to be doing. Uh-huh. Um, Nimrod is back in full force like you've been wanting. Yep. And uh, so we'll see where it goes. That's great. They had to pay off Nimrod in a major way. And they did. And oh, he is... beat the shit out yeah. of the Juggernaut. It was crazy. <laughs> uh, a lot of writers in here. A lot of artists. I always loved the like random issues of X-Men that they would do in between the other like ongoing story arcs they'd have Mm -hmm. where they were like, this week we're going to try to kill Nimrod again. (laughs) (laughs) And they do like the one like crazy space caper and they'd like almost get him. (laughs) And it's like, God, how did we miss that? There was like a, a gate seed, you know, (laughs) hidden somewhere on like the mother mold or whatever. Um, I loved that stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I've waiting for years and years and years. I was like, they got a. They did so much in Powers of Ten or Powers of X that um, 
they got to pay off Nimrod at some point. That's a that seems like suitable payoff. Yeah, so a lot of cool stuff's going to be coming for the Fall of X. It opens this book opens with Kamala Khan coming out of her egg, and <clears throat> the whole thing is oh, was she killed immediately again? <laughs> no, she she was able to teleport with. I um, didn't realize that was the issue where she came with come back. Yeah, with Emma, well, slab it, and all them. Well, yeah, it's weird, and so it was. Uh, oh, and uh, now Kate Bishop can go through the gates. No other mutant can go through the gates, but now Kate Bishop can go through the gates. Oh, Hawkeye? Just... No, sorry. Uh, Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride. I'm sorry. Oh. Kitty Pride can now go through the gates. <laughs> okay. And so there now there's a question of, like, what the fuck's going on there? Yeah. Because no other mutant can go can use the gates anymore. Before she could, for something, her, like, her power of being able to, like, transport through physical spaces wouldn't let her travel through the gates. Right. I think they, they hinted at that in the book of just, like, her power to manipulate technology is what stopped her from... Yeah. Or, like, phasing through technology uh-huh. has stopped her from going through the gates. There, like, there was some weird crosshair yeah. thing. But the, the, the thing I found interesting in the book, besides all that, that was cool, was Miss Marvel was just kind of, like, you know, brought back, and they're all like, hey, you're a mutant now. And then... Rogue's just like, well, oh no, Hope Summers was like, well, you're kind of an inhuman and a mutant, which is weird. We've never seen that happen before. Yeah. So, you know, Charles Xavier's just like, well, now you can be like the beacon of like the the merger of the the world. Like yeah. you are a, a, a beacon of hope to everyone now. I don't know what the status of, is it Adelan, Atelian, wherever the yeah, there, inhumans live. There's a new Adelan. Okay. But... I'm pushing up my glasses. Yes. Very, very high on my nose right now. Mm-hmm. Damn near <laughs> on your forehead. Wasn't Thanos a mutant inhuman? Or, I don't, or I don't. no, he was an eternal he was or a, a celestial. Yeah, he was yeah. a. That's yeah. Right. Okay. yeah, yeah. So uh, I think this. I don't know. I don't know what Marvel's doing. I don't know if they're backpedaling a little bit or they're just like kind of, you know. Have, trying to have the best of both worlds. We're just like, no, no, no. She's not an inhuman anymore, but she's also a mutant. And the you whole. You got to explain it somehow. <clears throat> you know, comic book fans. And the whole issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we're some a sort real of group of bastards. And the whole issue, she's like, okay, so what's my X Men power? And everyone's like, we have no idea. Well, we have no idea yet what your, like uh, one what your, the, what one your in... mutant power is going to be. Because in Big In. Is her inhuman, inhuman ability. ability, yeah. And they're just like, we don't know when it's going to awaken. Oh, we don't, so we don't she know has a power that hasn't manifested yet. They're going to do the making For crystal sure. discs For things. sure. The power. I, I, yeah, 100%. That's yeah. going to be it. Um, so a lot happened. I'm sure to all the X-Men fans out there, hello, you are screaming because I bastardized this book. But let's be honest, folks. You bought it for the fun fashion covers, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> and I did. Yeah. I bought I bought the Ghost Rider one and the Venom one where he, it's Dope. it's Dylan in his like hoodie that's yeah. also Venom. Dope. It was cool. I, I had fun not knowing what the hell's going on. Hell yeah! Like I live every day. That's what's up, and that's the one way to live life when you're in the club. Bye. Wait, no, not yet. What do you mean? We got one more. We're over an hour.
You want to take it to the Patreon? Yeah, we'll take it. We'll, we're going to cover Pure Evil by Mirka and Dolfo on the Patreon. Hey. Until then, kiss my grits. First Issue Club is edited and produced by Mike DeStacy, Greg Licktig, and Andy Vargas. Follow us on social media at First Issue Club. And check out our Patreon for videos, audio, and more at patreon.com slash first issue club.